0: a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me on whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain. He is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit." Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Over the years, I have become something of an aficionado of outdoor signs. Not the normal kind that try to tell you something, but the kind of signs that tell a story all their own. Like the sign in a school zone in Lima, Ohio, or a road crew spelled school, S-H-O-O-L. Or the Dairy Queen in Paducah, Kentucky, who had a sign that said, scream until daddy stops the car. One of my local favorites was a bike shop over in Kent. whose sign above the store read, bicycles, cheese, and live bait. I never bought any of their cheese. Our local signs pale in comparison to what you find outside the United States. Not simple things like converting miles to kilometers an hour, but other signs that no American can possibly be expected to understand. In England, there is a road sign that consists of a large red triangle with a big exclamation point in the middle, which I took to mean slow down, you're about to be startled. And since I was driving on the wrong side of the road to start with, that was likely to occur. Another sign read Pelican Crossing Ahead, which you might think means the birds, but apparently is an English anagram for crosswalks with walk and don't walk signs. The most confusing for me were the zigzag lines that you would find periodically painted on the side of the road, which I discovered the hard way, means don't park here. There is a different and more important kind of sign we find in our gospel this morning. Jesus went down to the Jordan River and was baptized. This wasn't the kind of baptism we do here on Sunday afternoons, It wasn't about cute babies or grandparents taking selfies. It was a more austere, symbolic event. Alcoholics Anonymous has helped hundreds of thousands of people since its founding a few miles from here in Akron in 1934. From the very beginning, at every AA meeting, there has been a ritual that everyone has to go through before they're allowed to speak. They must begin by saying, my name is John, and I am an alcoholic. They can't skip it or shorten it, nor may they modify it to make themselves look better. They begin this way at every meeting to remind everyone there why they are there and what everyone at that meeting shares in common. Well, the group that followed John the Baptist had their own special ritual. They were a group that lived simply and rejected worldly things and believed that repentance for sin was a top priority. So to be part of their group, you had to undergo a ritual baptism to acknowledge your sins. Then and only then could you belong. And this is what our gospel today describes. One day Jesus came upon this group right in the middle of their baptism ritual, and even though he had never sinned, he insisted that John baptize him too. It was as if he was saying, my name is Jesus, and I am part of you. He was telling them, even if you are estranged from life or distant from God, God is close to you. Well, it's a truism in the self-help movement that before you can get better, you have to acknowledge what needs to change. There was a priest who thought pretty highly of his preaching skills who was speaking one Sunday when a baby in about the third row began crying. You know how some babies whimper and some cry in spurts, but eventually they stop? Well, not this kid. He was suddenly into about a category four, ramping up the decibels, achieving high notes that only dogs could hear. And even though nobody could hear a word of the homily, that didn't stop that priest from just grinding on. And finally, the poor mother stood up to take the baby out, and the priest stopped for a moment and he said, that's all right, he isn't bothering me. And the mother said, I know, but apparently you're bothering him. Before any of us can change, we have to recognize our need. And this is the problem often with spiritual change. Sometimes what holds us back from really living a deeper faith is that we are content with how we are. I am okay as I am. And sometimes what holds us back is that we're not necessarily happy with ourselves, but the work of changing seems too hard. In a spiritual sense, it leaves us looking in the mirror asking, What does God expect me to do? And this is where wisdom begins. With that question, what does God expect? And the answer comes from Jesus that God expects us to do our part. Some of you here are old enough as I am to remember the old catechism. Not the glossy catechism commissioned by Pope John Paul II, but the Baltimore Catechism, that was first published in 1885 to help an immigrant church learn their faith through a series of questions and answers. 461 questions. I know this because over three years, the nuns made me learn them all. The very first question was, who made us? And the answer was, God made us. The second question followed, Why did God make us? And the answer that was seared into our young Catholic brains was, God made us to know, love, and serve him in this world, and to be happy with him in the next. That answer came from the writings of St. Augustine from the 4th century. and It remains just as true today. Our task is to know God, then to love him, and then to serve him. This is the task of every Christian, and it was the mission of Jesus to show us the way. On Monday, we commemorate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. whose example and speeches still echo, they speak to the challenges of our age. No one had a stronger sense of the possibility that exists in each moment, even against seemingly impossible odds. One of his great moments came in 1963 at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington on the 100th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. Dr. King told the crowd, we have come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is not the time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promise of democracy. Well, in a spiritual sense, this is what the Lord invites us to today, to see the possibilities right now. One of the powerful beliefs of Christianity is that we believe that we can make a difference that God's spirit is still alive and active among us. We believe in his living presence because we believe in a living church. G.K. Chesterton once reflected on what that means. He said, we admire certain figures like Plato or Shakespeare. Plato has told you a truth, but Plato is dead. Shakespeare has startled you with beautiful imagery but Shakespeare will not startle you with any more. But imagine, he said, what it would be like to know that Plato might break out with an original lecture tomorrow or that any moment Shakespeare might shatter everything with a new poem. He said those who believe in a living church are always expecting to meet Shakespeare for breakfast, to find the Lord in any moment, to experience a truth we have never seen before. This is what Jesus did when he stepped out of the Jordan River. He began an adventure that includes each one of us. He let us know that there is a life beyond the limits of sin and even beyond imagining. He told us of a kingdom that God had prepared for us all. And then he invited us to come to join him on the way. Let us pray. Grant Almighty God that receiving the grace by which you bring us to new life, we may always glory in your gift through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives. Thanks be to God.
1: Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Lord, I come to do Waited, waited for the Lord, and He stooped toward me and heard my cry, and He put a new song in my heart. Tears open to all medians you gave me. Holocaust or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. it is prescribed for me to do your will, O oh, my God, is my delight. And your law is within Strain my lips As you